Hello and welcome to the Heat Check Podcast, Miami Herald's Miami Heat Podcast. I'm David Wilson and I'm joined, as always, uh, not as always, because it's been a little bit of a... Uh, joined by Anthony Chang on the other line. Anthony, I'm in an airport. You're back at home from New York. Um, Heat did the job up in, up in New York City, right? Split those two games. Yeah. Uh, looked for a lot of that game last night, uh, or on Tuesday night, like we were maybe heading toward something even better than Heat and Five for, for Miami. Um, now I think we're just going to have to settle for Heat and Five after that one. Yeah, I mean, I think I was trying to think of the last time I was on the podcast because I've taken the two last two weeks, quote-unquote, off because of yeah. logistical reasons, and Barry Jackman's filled in. Um, the last time I, I was on, it was the middle of the play and after the loss to the Hawks. Yeah, I think that's right. <laughs> A lot has changed since then. They're three wins away from the Eastern yeah. Conference Finals, probably... Favorite at this point by most with home court advantage in the Definitely. second round uh, to get to the Eastern Conference Finals for the second straight year. I think you joked on that podcast the last time I was on that they were actually like I only six wins away. I was wins. just talking about this with someone else the other day. I was and right. I was kind of right. I was laughing at you and like thought I thought you were joking, but I guess you were serious. And <laughs> here we are. I'm booking. I'm gonna book my flight soon to Boston or Philadelphia. Just crazy times. Yeah, I think my rationale was you win the one play-in game, and then you got you got a war against Milwaukee. You need to play four real games. You need to win four real games there. Um, and then if you play New York or Philly, you're just the Heat aren't losing to those two teams. And then Boston, we know is going to a seven game seven games if it gets to that. So um, Heat in really good shape right now. Uh, obviously stunning. Like I just. We haven't had you on the podcast. Obviously, you've been tweeting and writing about it and yeah. gotten your thoughts. But do you want to just like, should we like, before we hit on yeah. the first two games of Heat Knicks, do you want to like go back in time and uh, <laughs> talk about Jimmy Butler and what he did against Milwaukee? I mean, Jimmy Butler turned into Michael Jordan, which is like I mean, it's, an like, annual you know, tradition, you know. But it's not, and it's not just the numbers that he's putting up and the way and like the way he takes over games. It's the style, right? Like, yeah. I remember people used to talk about Kawhi is during that um, Toronto run, it's like that's the closest we've seen to Michael Jordan since Michael Jordan, just in terms of how he does it with the mid-range jumper, um, kind of that deliberate pace, obviously two-way excellence. It's really old, you know, late-stage yeah. Michael we're talking about. I think that's what people from our generation remember most. Um, but that's what Jimmy's doing, obviously, and he's obviously always been a good mid-range shooter. He's got the two-way stuff. He's added the three, obviously. He hits threes in the playoffs now, uh-huh. yeah. Uh, but it's also, you know, the way he cut, like, the constant movement, the way he cuts, that like, that's all, yeah. like, Michael Jordan will-to-win stuff. And the way he played, too, at least through our, like, rose-colored rearview mirrors that we remember. Yeah, I mean, he was the best player in a series that included Giannis for, I guess, three games or two and a half yeah. games. But clearly the best player. I mean, <laughs> he... he Put together one of the probably arguably the best series in Heat history. I know it wasn't the finals like Dwayne in 2006, but when you consider it was the highest scoring series and you know by a player in Heat history, um, beating a one seed, first time the Heat have done that. Um, just the just the two way play, um, making threes, mid range shots, getting to the rim against one of the best defenders in the NBA and Drew Holiday in that first round. It was just incredible and. You know, it shouldn't surprise us anymore because we've seen this now for three of the four years that Jimmy Butler's been on the Heat. Just him elevate his level, his play to a top five player in the NBA mm-hmm. in the playoffs. But this is like even I, I didn't think he could outdo himself from last year. Uh, but so far, he's doing that. 
uh, yeah. what he's doing. I think there's 29 players right now averaging 20 points or more in the playoffs. He has the best field goal percentage of all of them. And he's averaging the most points. <laughs> like That just shows you the level of efficiency that he, he's producing right now. Um, yeah, and he's shooting threes, too. It's not like he's a big man yeah. just making layups and, like, lobs. He's shooting 43% on threes on five attempts a game. Yeah, like, and he's, got, he's gotten crazy. Because he was up over 50%, I think, at the end of that uh, Milwaukee series. That's just insane. Like, that's just insane. And then, the, I guess, the other quick takeaway before we move on to the Knicks is just the three-point shooting in general, right? That's yeah. been, like, the weakness all all season for this team. I know it came around kind of late in the regular season, but to shoot 45% on threes in the first round against the Bucks. I mean, who could predict? It, it's just, it's like the Heat have been playing rope-a-dope all year. I know. And we're just like, okay, we're going to wait for the playoffs, and then we're just going to play like a team we were last year. Um, yeah. So it's just pretty amazing stuff. I look forward to Jimmy Butler not being an all-star next year. Yeah, and then make All-NBA <laughs> for the third straight, third time while doing that. This, like, this would be now, this, There can't be any doubt now that he is one of the 10 best players in the league, I think. And people are going to forget that by... Yeah. Uh, February of next year because he's gonna. We said that last year, I feel like, and it's, he's gonna play seventy yeah. percent of games. He's gonna sit some out. He's gonna kind of like coast and on others. Coast, yeah. yeah, and even some of his good performances. Uh, he's got the Heat are gonna have some weird losses, um, and we're all gonna forget. And then the playoffs are gonna come, and he's gonna do maybe not exactly this again, but something similar to this because maybe better he's the done way it. it's trending. Right. He's done, it, is better. he's done it in three out of four <laughs> yeah. years. One year he didn't was the, the COVID year. So yeah. yeah, it just, and, and all this, by the way, without Tyler hero, which I know you and Barry have touched on, but that's yeah. another amazing aspect of all of it. Obviously Victor Oladipo is missing too, but you lose Tyler hero in the first half of the first playoff playoff game. And you're still playing at this level. It's just a mm-hmm. uh, great job by Spolstra. Just the whole yeah. roster. All of a sudden the team's depth is a strength. It's just, just a lot has changed in the last three weeks. I know. And that, that's what's crazy because we're probably going to talk about the Panthers a little later on too. And we've yeah. talked a lot about the kind of parallel tracks the two teams have been on. Um, and it continues now uh, in the playoffs. Um, the difference, I think, is with the Panthers, I could kind of watch that team all year and say they should be better. Like you look at the players on the team, the way they play, you know, they're like a lot of their underlying numbers were really good all year long. That I'm not surprised you know i'm surprised they rallied from 3-1 down and all that kind of stuff but like i'm yeah. not surprised that they are playing well right now uh the heat i'm like shocked that they turned around yeah. like there was no there were like with the panthers there were indications that they were playing better at the end right click. yeah the they were, were, they were really the good after christmas for the yeah. most part like there were indications that it was going to potentially click into place if a couple things broke right um, the Heat, other than the fact that we thought the three-point shooting would regress to the mean in a positive direction, uh, which it has, um, there were no indications that this was coming from the Heat. The only the only way you could have like seen this coming is just by saying, well, we've seen this team do this before. Like right. This is pretty much the same team as NLPG Tucker's on the roster, but pretty much the same roster as last year, and we saw them get to the Eastern Conference Finals. So that's the only like way you could say, oh, I could see this coming. But other than that... I mean, they have the worst net rating of any of the 20 teams in the postseason. Like, they have the, a negative point differential in the regular season. I think they'd be the first team in like since 2000 to advance past the second round with a negative regular season point differential. Has the team ever won it with a negative point differential? I I, I can't doubt. imagine. I, no, yeah. I know. Actually, no. I looked it up. No, they they have not. And I, and they'd be the only, they'd be the second eighth seed to ever advance to the conference finals. The only other team that did it was the 99 Knicks. And they're the, also the only eight seed that advanced to the finals mm-hmm. as well. So 
this is unprecedented territory pretty much other than one other team if they get past the Knicks, uh, which is, again, just insane. It's crazy what's happening in South Florida sports right now. All right, so should we talk about games one and two? I didn't see much, really, yeah. any of game two covering the Panthers, um, which is why I've got my Tim Hortons uh, in my hand right now uh, up in Toronto. Um, game one, I was able to watch at a uh, Bruins slash Celtics bar before game seven of uh, Panthers Bruins. Um, I think we should probably focus in more on that one, obviously, because that's the game Jimmy played. Mm-hmm. Um well, I guess, first of all, they got a lot of time off now before game yeah, three, three days. Saturday. Um, are we just expecting that Jimmy's going to be back in the lineup for that one? I'm sure they'll take it up to the tip-off, right? The yeah. way NBA teams do these days. But I think the expectation is right now that they're optimistic that he'll be able to play a game three. I think mm-hmm. at first there were, there were concerns how serious the ankle sprain was. It looked pretty bad, right? The replay, and he looked like he was in a lot of pain. But it seems like... Like it's better, it's a little better than initially feared. Um, no MRI was needed. We've seen Jimmy walking around the streets of New York on his Instagram. We saw him <laughs> yesterday really engaged and active on the bench during the game. Yep. Without, you know, it's not like on crutches or anything. He does have a boot, a boot on. I think it was in slippers yesterday. Like he looks to be, uh, he looks to have avoided the worst case scenario, obviously. So I, I would, I would be surprised if he doesn't play game three. Yeah, ankle injuries are weird. Well, Sometimes they can look terrible. I mean, you've probably yeah. done it playing basketball before where you, like, land yeah. and turn your ankle, and for, like, 20 minutes, 10 minutes, not even maybe five minutes, you're like, oh, my God, I tore every ligament down there, and then all of a sudden you're, like, <laughs> running around the yeah. next day. <laughs> yeah. And, and the, thing, the question is, like, even if he does play in game three, you know, you could – you're probably more uh, likely to tweak it just because you – Oh, definitely, right? yeah. So you have to – I mean, that's obviously a concern – Will it impact him at all? I'm sure it will, right? How could it not impact him a little bit at least? Um, so, and he's had a lot of sprained right ankles in the past during his time. Yeah. That's the ankle he always sprained. So, mm-hmm. obviously, I think the monitor, um, but I, I, if I had to guess, I think he'll play game three. Yeah, I, I have to wonder if the Giannis injury handling is on the Heat's mind at all, where they, you know, the, the Bucks come out of those first two games and probably think, all right, we're fine. Like, we can. Yeah really take it easy with Giannis and then all of a sudden it it flips kind of while he's out and obviously he wasn't 100% healthy uh, when he got back same will probably be the case for Jimmy whenever he gets back but I'm sure the Heat come out of those definitely out of the game one and I think even probably out of game two feeling like they're going to be fine in this series um, but again if, if Jimmy doesn't play game three and all of a sudden the Knicks steal one in, in Miami and yeah it, it you really can't afford that much at this the point. series yeah. yeah exactly so um you know, he was as good as even as a decoy, he was pretty good in the fourth quarter of, of game one. Um, yeah. So, yeah. So and I, guess and this, I think we should focus more in on game one because that's probably more, you know, last last night, just following it on Twitter and catching glimpses of it here and there. Um, the three and zero. Seemed like a weird one. Return. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. It was like the, <laughs> the bad heat, right? Yeah. But they almost won. So yeah. uh, let's talk about the good heat that we saw in game one because I think that's what we're going to get Saturday. Um, Miami storms back in the second half of that one. Uh, a lot of Jimmy Butler, some great Kevin Love. Um, other than Jimmy, what what stood out most to you about game one and, and what it means for this series going forward? Well, the defense, I think. And we saw in game one and two. I mean, it did it a little, he did it a little differently in game two because Jimmy wasn't out there and played a lot of zone um, to accomplish their game plan. But for the most part, they're daring the Knicks to shoot threes. 
Yeah. Um, and it's a sound game plan because the Knicks what did had Obi the Toppin take 11 threes in? He was four of 11. He was the only one making threes. And like Obi Toppin, I don't, he's not a three point shooter. No, he's not. It's take 11 threes. Yeah. I mean, so the, the, that's, if the Knicks are going to make their threes, like they did in game two, they think they shot 40% in game two. Um, they have a good chance to win the series. Yeah. But I think the Heat are going to play this, the math here and say, this is not a very good three-point shooting team. They struggled from three in the first round. Um, they're going to try to cut off the paint and, you know, limit Brunson's uh, paint opportunities. Brunson is really good in that little, you know, we talk about Bam and that, you know, non-rim paint shot. Brunson's great at those as well. Um, so, I, you know, we the game plan is clear. I think the difference was, again, that, they made their they next made their threes in game yeah. two and that proved to be the difference. Um, but again, I think uh, they're going to continue playing that style and, and just kind of try to dare them to 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 win by by making basically a bunch of threes. Um, now Julius Randle kind of the return of Julius Randle game two changed things a little bit because now mm-hmm. Bam is not really near the rim as much. Like in the first game, he was guarding Mitchell Robinson. Yeah, he's he got a real like, assignment now. Mitchell Robinson's yeah. a good player, but it's like that's basically yeah. an excuse to, to stand in the paint. Yeah, he, he's, he can protect the rim, which is what the Heat want him to do. He wants he, They want him to be in the paint, kind of challenging Jalen Brunson. If he's guarding Julius Randle, now all of a sudden Bam's on the perimeter. And that and now Kevin Love or another player is uh, kind of protecting the rim. So that changes a little bit, and uh, it'll be interesting to see how the Heat adjusts to that. Um, but... I think the game plan is smart, and you know I think it'll continue uh, moving forward. Is there another guy you can see matching up with Randall, or you think that's just Bam's assignment? I think Jimmy will spend some time on him. I think even the regular season we saw Bam and Jimmy uh, split time. The thing is, Jimmy spent in Game One a lot of. I mean, obviously Julius didn't play that game, but Jimmy spent a lot of time on Jalen Brunson. Pretty right. much the entire time he was on the court, he was on Jalen Brunson. He did a pretty good job on him. So, you know, yeah, you could try Gabe Vincent on on Brunson and put Jimmy on a. Uh, on Julius Randle, and that's a, a way of keeping Bam kind of near the basket, near the rim, um, to protect the paint. Um, so there's different ways that he can go, and I think the encouraging thing is, yes, you were up by six in game two with six minutes left. It's a missed opportunity because they were right there to win and take a 2-0 lead without Jimmy, which is just incredible. Um, but everything they were missing in that game, pretty much Jimmy kind of answers. Like, yeah. Down the stretch, you need a, guy, a go-to guy. Jimmy's Jimmy the return of Jimmy is going to answer you know address that uh, defensively on Brunson Brunson had a big game in game two Jimmy's going to be guarding him most likely most of the time so Jimmy will help with that so everything like you were lacking in game two even though mm-hmm. you almost won Jimmy obviously addresses those those needs yeah you you meant you mentioned the game plan of giving the Knicks threes and basically when Jimmy's not out there that's how the Heat scores right is like they don't have one go especially without Tyler Hero. There's not a go-to scorer out there. So you're really, I mean, it just becomes a math game in some ways if you're going to defend the Knicks like that and bank so much of your offense on three-point shooting. Um, and, the, you know, those are two, as we said, not very good three-point shooting teams in the regular season. Obviously, they've been better lately. Yeah. Um, so you're basically, like, you're rolling the dice, essentially. Like, it's, it's basically, it's like a Dungeons & Dragons game. Like, yeah. what number is going to come out? Who's going to hit more threes on a given night? And it, there's a lot of randomness that. But when Jimmy gets back on Saturday, presumably, the Heat don't have to play offense that way. And then I feel a lot better about them. Sure. And, and I want to – obviously, it's a lot more complicated than this, a lot more layers to it. But I think a lot of these games are going to come down to who makes the most threes because both teams defend that way. The Knicks uh-huh. give right. up a bunch of threes as well, and they want to – 
they load up the paint a ton. I mean, you'll see some still shots of like four Knicks defenders in the paint when the ball gets near there and like open, you know, three point shooters around the perimeter. So the Heat didn't, that's, that's the theme that held true in the first two games. And he shot better than the Knicks in game one, they won. The Knicks shot better than the Heat from three in game two, the Knicks won. So I think because of the way these two teams play defense, a lot of these games are going to come down uh, to the three point shooting. Yeah. Um, obviously, offensive rebounding is important against the Knicks. The Knicks are a really good offensive rebounding team. They've got limit second chance opportunities. Um, he struggled a little bit with that late in game two. Um, but I think if I have to pick one area that's like the key, it's kind of, uh, I guess, it goes to a lot of games, but just especially yeah. <laughs> series because the way they defend is three point shooting. Yeah. I think the reason that then, if that's the biggest uh, statistical thing to track, the reason to like the Heat is because you like Jimmy Butler more than Jalen Brunson, yeah. right? As the go-to guy who can create offense in another way. Um, you know, Jalen Brunson, obviously, as you said, is good in the, you know, he's a crafty, you know, in some ways, like kind of a similar type of scorer to Jimmy. Obviously, they're extremely different players, but just in terms of like playing a little bit of a slower pace in the half court, mid-range jumper slash float or whatever you want to call it. Um, but, I mean, it's hard to bet against. It's hard to say anyone in any it's hard to say anyone in the league is better than Jimmy right now, other than maybe like Nikola Jokic, right? Like, um, and Steph Curry, I guess. Like, those, those are the only two. Anthony Davis, maybe he was really good last night. Yeah. Um, but like, he's if you're if we were coming if we're trying to figure out who's going to win between two bad three point shooting teams and three point shooting is the most important thing, I'll take the guy, the team with the the best go to scorer. Yeah, no, I agree, and, and Jimmy's great at at uh creating those three-point opportunities, yeah. which I think the Heat, they generated a lot of three-point shots yesterday as well, but a lot of it was just like pull-up shots that guys were just, I mean, the Heat hit some tough threes yesterday. Yeah. Like it was just contested threes that Gabe Vincent would hit or Max Struess just kind of dribbling into a into a pull-up. Um, so they weren't the same threes that the Heat usually get because Jimmy wasn't there to generate those. Uh, but when Jimmy returns, they should get better looks um, from deep, which should help. Julius Randle, I think, one more thing about Julius Randle that I think he helped with, along with this is offensive production scoring-wise, is he had eight assists, and he did a really good job. I mean, he was setting doubles at him pretty much the entire game, and he found open shooters as well um, to kind of create some better looks than maybe the Knicks had in game one. So, you know, I think that's going to be really important as, like, just those guys, Jimmy, Bam, Julius Randle, Brunson, yeah, they're going to score a lot. Um, but their playmaking is going to be very important because both defenses are going to load up on those guys. Other than those four stars, the, the two main guys for each team, who who is the biggest role player for the Heat in the rest of the series? I think Gabe Vincent, just because of the volume yeah. of shots he's taking at this point, right? I mean, he's probably going to spend some time on Jalen Brunson, so that's important. And he's kind of trying to, you know, the Heat need someone to fill the void left by Tyler. Gabe mm-hmm. Vincent does it in a totally different way, but you're seeing him be more aggressive and taking more, you know, quick trigger threes because the Heat need someone else to fill those shots, right? So even in the Milwaukee series, like we saw that from Gabe, and then the first two games of this series, how many shots did he take yesterday? I think he took 17 shots or something. Yeah, 17 shots and 12 threes. Obviously, Jimmy and Jimmy was out, but that's kind of what Gabe is doing. Like, he's getting out to double-digit threes. Um I was looking before we started the episode. He's like top ten in the, like amount of pull-up 
threes that he's taking per game in the regular in the playoffs. Only Trey Young, Steph Curry, Harden, Donovan Mitchell, Jamal Murray, Drew Holiday <laughs> have taken more than him, which are like obviously, you know, all like stars. Yeah. yeah. So just because of the volume of shots Gabe is taking, uh, he's he's gonna be really important. Yeah, this has been a really nice coming out party for Gabe Vincent. Um, yeah, he's gonna get paid. He's he gonna get paid. Him and you know, he, Struess is a free agent right after this yeah. year. Gabe's a free agent after this year. Um, those are those are some big gonna be some big losses for the Heat. Those those are two guys who are uh, gonna get like they've basically been on not two way deals but like minimum like minimum, kind of yeah. like yeah like. Fringe NBA players. They're being paid like fringe NBA players, and, and right now they're core guys to a team that is in really good shape to make the Eastern Conference Finals for back-to-back years. I mean, they might force the Heat's hand to bring them, find a way to bring them. They have bird rights for both those guys. We have time to discuss that in a f- few weeks probably, but yeah. at this point, with the way the game is playing, I don't know. You can know also go they... back and listen to what Barry and I did an off-season preview two weeks ago. There you go. <laughs> two weeks ago. <laughs> two, six weeks too early before the Heat won the title. Yeah. Um, yeah, Gabe is shooting 40% on threes on eight attempts, like, in the playoffs. That's he's good just, defensively, like, and he can handle the ball. Like That's Steph Curry, like, yeah. stuff, right? I mean, obviously I'm not saying he's Steph Curry, but that just that, that production, 40% eight three-point attempts, that's great. Um, so, yeah, Jimmy and Bam are important. He's, like, the best uh, backup guard been, in the playoffs right now. I mean, he's a starting guard, I guess. He's a starter like, right now, yeah. Yeah, but, like, yeah. he's the best. His like, natural will be backup like, guard, yeah, like he's. I mean, obviously, like if Hero was out there and if you know they they stuck with Lowry on the bench, you know, Gabe's kind of really a, a bench guard. But like you watch all these other teams, like I don't know, would you like take him over Jordan Poole? Like I, I kind of trust him more. Like you just. And defense, I mean, you team. think about what he brings on defense as well. Like, yeah, that's, that's what I mean. Like he's he's yeah. a guy who like a guy like Jordan Poole. There's some nights where he's like unplayable. Can't play him. Um, yeah. And um, I don't know who technically the Lakers is. Schroeder, their backup guard. Um, I don't know what their lineup, yeah. starting lineup. Or even like is. The, the Knicks, like Emmanuel quickly. Like he hasn't even played much in this series. Yeah, like because he, and he's gonna probably be what the runner-up for Sixth Man of the Year this year. Yeah. Um, yeah. Gabe has has been because because of the defense. Obviously the scoring is nice. The three he's always been a good three-point shooter. I remember when he came up. This is way back, but even like pre-COVID, remember he like had a little run. It was on a West Coast trip. He he popped up yeah. for a couple of games. I don't remember. Someone must have been hurt. Um, and his shooting was right away. Like, he was just confident, and he, he shot uh, pretty well, I think, during that run. And now he's just, like, a, a complete NBA guard. Yeah. No, it's uh, – I'm really happy for Gabe because it, it hasn't always been easy. He's dealt yeah, a lot of he was in a big issues. slump at the start of this year, too. Like I mean, went, was all regular – sideways. Yeah, all regular season. I mean, yeah, he's – he shot 33% on threes in the regular season. Like, yeah. That's not he very just, good. When, when Lowry got hurt, though, he was good. Like, he yeah. came in, and he, he wasn't always shooting it well, yeah. but he was, like, good at running the offense, good deep. Yeah. Like, you, you could tell he was, he was reliable. playing well. Yeah. yeah. Um, no, yeah, he's, been, he's been very important, especially with Hero and Vic out. Like, they've needed good guard play from somebody. Yeah. And Gabe has really stepped up. Kyle Lowry's played. Um, very well in that reserve role. He's kind of given them the Heat exactly what they need. Um, it's just like all the role players are playing well all of a sudden after they seem to all regress yeah. in the regular season. Um, but it's happening at the right time for the Heat. Okay, should we close things out with the Panthers minute? Let's do it. Um, you obviously weren't watching last night like no. I was watching the Heat. I was but... keeping track on Twitter with your tweets. Yeah. Um, I, I think they're really good. 
That's my my take is I think it's not a fluke. I think they're really good. Is the goaltending finally? Like- yeah, so that's the thing. It's it's if Bob plays the way he's playing right now, they're really good. But um, goalies are weird. If Even they if had that- a top five goaltender, would they win the Stanley Cup? Would they be the favorite? I don't know if they'd be the favorite, but. Right, so right now Bob's playing like a top five goaltender, right? That's 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 yeah. the only question. And he's, you know, he's won two Vezina trophies. He's sure. literally the best goalie in the league at one point. Um, if you trusted him more, you probably feel better, right? And I think most Panthers fans probably feel that way. Um, but I mean, I just think they're good. They, you know, it's kind of like with the Heat, where you talk about all the role players are finally stepping up at the right time. With the Heat, it's a little, or with the Panthers, a little flipped, I think, because. You know, like Carter Verhage and like a bunch of their guys who were quote unquote role players were actually really good in the regular season. Brandon Montour became a star. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of their stars are starting to play really well. Like Barkov's been really good the last couple of games. Ekblad, who had a kind of a really rough regular season, has been very good in the playoffs. So yeah, I just think they're good. I mean, they had a lot of injuries in the regular season. It's similar to the Heat where they were really good last year and it was kind of inexplicable how they progressed so badly. But um especially when they went out and added the guy who might be the runner-up for the MVP. Um, but, yeah, my, my take is that this they, they can win this series. They can, they can definitely come out of the East. Who goes further, the Heat or the Panthers? I'll say the Heat, just because I'm more confident in them. To, I think the Panthers have a better chance to win the championship. Yeah. Uh, but I think the Heat, I just feel like they're going to win this next series. And the Panthers... You know, they're clearly one game one in Toronto. They're clearly favored now in that series, but like, it's hot. Like, you know, if you lose yeah, home, court, home, 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 home ice, does not matter as much in hockey. Yeah. And the Leafs are just, I think, better than the Knicks are. Sure. That makes sense. But if, if they both advance past this round, I feel like the Panthers might have a better chance. Yeah. Because yeah. then the Heat have to face probably the Celtics or the Sixers, and that's going to be tough. That's going to be an uphill climb, I think, for the Heat. I mean, I, I'm not going to discount any. I'm yeah, not I mean, going to. The Whoa, juggernaut is out. There's only like one juggernaut in the NHL this year, um, yeah. and they're out. Yeah. I mean, so. I mean, you could say there's one juggernaut in the NBA this year. I mean, there's probably a few, but and yeah. he took them out. So yeah. Um, again, just uh, it's been a wild few months down here because I mean we had like, the Final Four too. Like. Final Four. Yeah, the Final Four. Uh, we thought that was crazy, like FAU and UM, and then. We have two eight seeds pull off huge upsets in the first round, and both are now like in decent position to advance to the. Th- I mean, it's early in the series, but like Panthers won game one, stole home ice advantage. The Heat come back to Miami with a split. They seem like the better team than the Knicks at this point. Like just for the first two games, it seems like they have like a a, a more sustainable way mm-hmm. of winning this series. Um, so it's just what we what was a rough winter is like turning into a really really fun spring yeah the uh, our colleague barry jackson i'm, I'm going to be very interested you know at the end of the year he always does his like end of the year columns like super yeah. relatives kind of stuff gonna have a lot to pick from when he's like trying to sort through the best stories of the year because i mean fau i mean miami yeah. miami going to the final four have been crazy fau going to the final four is one of the craziest sports stories ever um yeah. and then simultaneously you have the biggest upset in NHL history based on like point differential for a seven game series. And Jimmy Butler literally like 
becoming Michael Jordan for for three nights in uh, in March. Like those are when you like if you go at the end of the year, go across the entire sports world. What the craziest stories are? Those are going to be like three of the ten. Yeah. Like we're not going to see no many crazier sports stories than these that we've seen no, here. And in, 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 in like literally, it all happened in March. Like in one month. Yeah. March April. and April. And, I mean, and, April and um, I mean, sorry. Yeah. And and. I mean, this could continue, right? Like, it'll get even crazier if one of these teams actually makes it, like, to the, to the championship round. Like, imagine that. Like, the Pete or the Panthers making it to Stanley Cup, you know, finals or the, or the NBA finals. Um, and what's going to happen when the Marlins make the World Series? I know. The, the Dolphins are undefeated in December. In Dolphins are undefeated in December. I mean, there's just going to be so many things to pick from for Barry. Poor Barry. Yeah. Uh, Panthers, I should say, is an eight seed. We, we talk about how unlikely it is for an NBA team. Yeah. An eight seed has actually won in the uh, won the Stanley Cup. The Kings that doesn't surprise me because hockey's kind of crazy. Hockey's yeah. kind of weird. I mean, I remember I was a it was a big Flyers fan when I was in high school, and they went to the, the finals my senior year. Uh, they were the seven seed, and they beat the eight seed in the East Finals that year to get to the wow. Stanley Cup. So it was uh, yeah, hockey's hockey's weird and. Um, I, I, I kind of want to go back. I remember, I remember that Kings team. I was in college when they won it all. I think they upset the Sharks in round one. Um, kind of ended the Sharks' run that never amounted to a championship. Um, but I'm trying to remember if they had like a bunch of injuries, if, how, how much it would parallel to these Panthers. Because those Kings teams were good for a while, too. They had a good goalie, Jonathan Quick. They had yeah. Ante Kopitar, who's kind of Barkov-ish. Um, so, yeah, there's, there's some precedent for this Panthers thing, as crazy as it might be. Yeah, and the Knicks team that did that made history as an 8 seed in 99, that was a lockout. That was a lockout season. year, yeah. So it's hard. Like, that was a weird year. I think Ewing, Patrick Ewing missed a lot of time. I believe. And there was only a, probably a 54-game schedule, I think. Maybe 60. Like yeah, it was yeah, quick. 60. So it's like they weren't really like an 8 seed, right? Like, they didn't well, I mean, actually. The Heat aren't really an 8 seed either. They're, they're kind of they're a 7 seed. seed. Yeah, that's, that's fair. And I've seen people kind of make that. But look, they're an eight seed in history, and that's what we're going to label them yeah. as, and that's what we're well, going to. Well, they beat by. the one seed, right? That's what matters. They beat the yeah. one seed in round seven one. or eight seed. Like the they way, don't beat. Yeah. A, a nip or a pet peeve of mine is talking about the Heat and Lakers as the first teams to win when coming out of the play-in game, play-in. which is true. It's true. But they would have been in the playoffs. They would have been the seven seeds pre-play-in. Like it's not. I'll, I'll be really interested when a nine or a ten, ten or nine, yeah, wins around, which could that be makes yeah, that's that, that's still technically like, true, and I get it. Like it's a notable thing yeah. because they do have to play the extra game. They're a little more tired going in. And they play the one or two seed in the conference. Yeah. Right. right. Yeah. Yeah. Nine, the nine or ten, it's gonna be tough because that's gonna be yeah. a team that was not a playoff team that has to play a one seed in round one of the playoffs. So. Right. Um, all right. Um, any final thoughts? I gotta hop on this plane in the next couple minutes here. Nah, come home, David. All right. We'll talk next week. Yep. Uh, you can follow Anthony on Twitter at Anthony underscore Chang. He's back in Miami uh, for a while because don't have to hit the yeah, roads for a six little days. while. Um, yeah. Although you will have to be up in New York at some point. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at DBWilson2. I also will be home for a while because they're spreading yeah, out this, these Panthers games. Um, well, maybe I won't have to go back up to Toronto. I guess we'll see. We'll have a better idea uh, Thursday night of where this series is going to go. Um, anyway, thanks as always for listening, and we will talk to you guys next week. Check luggage is subject to search.